Put yourself in Peter's shoes for a moment, or should I say sandals? Bad priest joke. Put yourself in Peter's place for a moment. He's before Jesus, the one who has called him out of his life as fisherman, convinced him to pick up and leave his wife and his whole livelihood to follow him all across the countryside. Peter has listened to Jesus teach him things that he's never heard before, that have opened his mind and his heart to a whole new way of life. He's watched Jesus walk on water and allow him to walk on water. He's watched Jesus perform the multiplication of the loaves and fishes and heal countless people and cast out demons. He worships Jesus. Rightfully so, Jesus tells the, his apostles that he's worthy of worship. And now the one that he worships, not just admires, but worships, gets down in front of him and says, I'm going to do the job that is rightfully a slave's, a servant's, for you. Peter is the only one that we hear of that has the right reaction to what Jesus is doing, which is, what are you doing? Jesus is completely reversing everything that has made sense to Peter so far. He's flipping it all upside down. And so Peter is rightfully shocked at what Jesus is doing to him in wanting to wash his feet. And so he's completely confused. No, you can't do this because this isn't your job. This isn't what you came to do. But Jesus says, well, I have to. Okay, well then if you have to, do everything. No, you still don't get it, Peter. And I don't know if you would be the same, but me putting myself in Peter's shoes when Jesus says, you don't understand, and if you don't let me do this, you have no share in me, because I'm probably insecure like Peter. I probably think, I don't understand, so Jesus thinks I'm a dummy, and I have no share with him, so Jesus doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Peter has no idea what's going on. Neither do the rest of the apostles, but they don't speak up, because Peter's always the first to speak up. And then Jesus finishes all of this by telling them, I have given you an example that you should also do. What is the example? Why does Jesus do this at the Last Supper? Why is this the crowning moment in the Gospel of John and only in the Gospel of John of the washing of the feet? Usually we first go to, this is what we're called to do as Christians, this humble act of service to our fellow man. Is that the example that Jesus is setting? Partly. But it's much more than that. It's so much more than that. Jesus' example is not just in that moment at the Last Supper. It's his whole life with the apostles. His whole time with them is the example that he has given to them and that he is summing up in this one action because of what he is going to send them to do. Here's some words from Cardinal Ratzinger. And I used these same words on Holy Thursday last year for anybody who remembers. He's defining love in this context. And he says, the capacity to love, that is the capacity to wait in patience for what is not under one's own control and to let oneself receive it as a gift. 
to wait in patience for what is not in our control and to receive it as a gift. This is the beginning of the example. The question for me is, what if what the Lord is asking from us is to allow him to do what he wants for us? What if what God is asking from us in our Christian life is actually to allow him to do what he wants for us? And we never really let him. Like Peter, you will not wash me. Because how often, either explicitly in our Christian life or implicitly, we say things like, God, this is what I need from my faith. If I'm going to believe in you, if I'm going to live the Christian life, this is what I need. Or, this is what I'm going to do for you, God. This is how I'm going to show my love for you by doing this. Or, God, this is who I am. And you can't ask me to do that because that's not who I am. And if we think of those questions in the life of St. Peter, God, this is what I need. Jesus, this is, this is what I need from you. Don't wash me. What I need is for you not to wash me because what you're doing doesn't make any sense to me. When he says, this is what I'm going to do for you, Jesus, comes right after this. When he says, Jesus, I will die for you. And Jesus says, no, you won't. You're going to deny me three times. Or when Peter, after the crucifixion in the Gospel of John, what does he do? He goes back to being a fisherman. I'm never meant to be a disciple of Jesus. I am always meant to be a fisherman. That's what I know how to do, and that's all that I can do is be a fisherman. And Jesus' example for Peter pulls him out of what he thinks he needs, of what he thinks he should do, and even of who he thinks he is before God. What if God, what God is asking from us is to allow him to do what he wants for us? And that this is the beginning of the example of the washing of the feet at the Last Supper. And then once received, it's given freely. Jesus has received from the Father, and everything that the Father has given him, he gives to his disciples. Who does he give it to? Well, he gives it to Peter, who he knows is gonna deny him three times. He gives it to all of the apostles, who he knows are about to desert him. And he even does it for Judas, who he knows is about to betray him. He freely gives it away. Tonight, on Holy Thursday, we celebrate and we commemorate two things. We celebrate and commemorate the gift of the Eucharist and the gift of the priesthood in the life of the church. And these two sacraments in our life, these two things that God is doing for us, have the same thing at heart. It's to keep us in relationship with God, and in proper relationship with each other. It's to keep us tied to God and to keep us tied to each other. In the Eucharist, St. Paul, in his letters to the Corinthians today, says, what I have received, I hand on to you. This is his role as priest. I have received from Jesus this gift, and I now give it to you. The priest becomes the bridge, the tie, back to Christ, through the handing on of the Eucharist. 
this gift where we have a share in the life of Jesus. Unless you let me do this for you, you have no share in me. Unless you believe that this is my flesh and this is my blood that I give for you, you have no share in me. Being tied to him through the priesthood. And then communion with each other. It's why we call it communion, because through being brought together in relationship with Christ, we are brought together with each other. And the role of the priest in the life of the church is to be a man of communion, is to gather the people of God under one roof so that we can worship God in spirit and in truth together. Jesus offers us these things so that he can do for us what he desires for us, which is continual relationship with God and continual relationship with each other. This is the gift of these two sacraments in the life of the church, but in my own mind is when he's offering these things, he probably says to us, you don't know what I'm doing for you right now. You still don't understand, but it's okay. But you must let me do this for you, otherwise you have no share in me. The same words he says to Peter, at least he spoke them to me today. You don't understand. You don't understand what the Eucharist is. You don't understand why there is priesthood in the Catholic Church. But it's okay, you will understand one day. But you must let me do this for you, otherwise you have no share in my life with the Father. So tonight, at the Last Supper, if you are one of the apostles sitting around the table with Jesus, what if what God is asking from you is to allow him to do for you what he knows you need? <laughs>